I'm Adriana, and this is Rebel with a Cause, a podcast where I bring the cultural diversity to your space through individuality and rebel moves. Tune in to hear stories, discussions, and bites from people fueled by passion, originality, and those famous rebel moves. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Rebel with a Cause. Uh, We are a little bit late this afternoon because I was waiting for my guest to come off a meeting, which we will hopefully let you in on some details of this fun uh, and interesting meeting. But my guest today is a lady who Faith kind of brought to me and it was an, an interesting meet. Uh, when our our lives crossed through um, Join Her Network, which we will also be talking about a little bit. But this lady is very, very involved in the mental health scene in Northern Ireland. She is multi-talented. She is inspirational. I could just I could just listen to you all day, every day. And I'm really, really happy to have you with us. And I have Vivian McKinnon here with me today. So welcome. Oh, thank you, Jenna. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. So, Vivian, you are obviously the founder of HydroEase, which is, is it the first and only flotation centre in Northern Ireland? Yes, indeed we are. We were the only flotation centre in the whole of the island up until, like, when we first opened. Yeah, so we're we're pioneers. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Love that. These are rebels. (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, uh, my, I'm just gonna go straight in because I, what I try and do, I always try and invite people on my podcast who are different, who are mm-hmm. leading the way in a certain field, which you are. You are certainly leading the way in mental health, and you're helping so many people. And um, who are. They have a little bit of a rebel in them and they don't mind speaking up. And you certainly don't have a problem speaking up. So no. tell me a bit about yourself. You know, have you ever felt different? You know, have you ever, or did you always know that there was a bit of a rebel in you? Absolutely, Ajana. You know, I remember as a kid, um, you know, my dad always saying, why do you always have to be so different? Why do you always have to want to stand out? Why can't you just conform? And I remember thinking, just because I don't want to, like, where's the where's the excitement in being just like everybody else? So I suppose I always had a bit of a rebel in me. Um, it's it's not always served me well. Um, you know, many many as a, a a late night I was spent um, held back at school in detention because of some some words that had either fallen out my mouth or somebody or something that I had refused to do out of principle or some work that I refused to um, be part of or yeah so I think um you know and even in terms of my own story and you know and struggles with you know mental health and addiction and things like that and my own way of finding my own way to heal um you know which wasn't the most conventional way but it was the way that worked for me. And I think for me, that's the whole point of being a rebel. It's, it's, it's looking outside what everyone either expects you to do or what everyone else is doing to look at an alternative viewpoint so is that 
suppose it's just having that diversity and thought and having the, the, the courage to be able to stand up and, and just voice what, what is you're thinking. And and I absolutely have to agree with you because, you know, I went through a period of self-discovery myself whenever I was doing things that people thought that I either wasn't wise or I was having a meltdown, you know, or but they were all part of not just self-discovery but healing process and yeah. understanding myself as a person, you know, and trying to strip away all the barriers between me and healing and this new person who I'm trying to be, but it's judgment, thoughts, views, anything. I just needed to get into a place whenever I no longer had to convince anyone of who I am. I could just just be. And that's the thing. I think we, we I think we spend a lot of time thinking we're convincing other people. We're really we're convincing ourselves and stepping out of what tends to happen is over the years of conditioning, over the experiences we have, over the um the events that shape us and, and form our values and our beliefs and, and things like that, what that then does is it wraps us in layers of emotions that maybe are not the best emotions in terms of enabling us to progress and move through life with ease so things like fear and pain and guilt and hurt and and what tends to happen is we then get ourselves into a space where our minds working so quickly and trying to process so many things from so many different angles that we end up having this 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 breakthrough which I suppose is referred to in common terms as a breakdown but we have this breakthrough where we kind of we 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 start to look at things and how they impact us personally, and and there's a there's a version of us that then is inside us going yes yes at last you're listening to me <laughs> do this and do that and then there's the other voice it's like oh no you can't do that society says you can't do that and you can't do that because you'll upset them and it makes means that you know you're not conforming and you're not going along with the the usual way of thinking and you know and again it's that can be quite a dangerous thing we we all have theories in our own minds we all have things that we stick by but I think to be unaware of them is really quite dangerous and that awakening that awareness that bringing it into the forefront is um I think is a really valuable and powerful thing and I and I and I actually sometimes feel quite um yeah, it saddens me a bit when there's people that are out there that haven't had that experience, you know, they haven't had that ability to really deep down dive into who they are as a person and allow that part of them to, to, to show up. What was your breakthrough moment? My breakthrough moment was in a float tank in a flotation centre in Edinburgh where I went into... So flotation involves 25 centimetres of body temperature water and half a ton of Epsom salt. And every second of every day, we are impacted by anything like millions and millions of pieces of information that's coming in through our five senses. So everything we see, hear, feel, smell, taste, and touch, we create our versions of reality based on the experiences we've had because we compare and contrast everything that's happening now to everything that's happened previously, to allow us to know if we're safe, if we're connected, if we're um, in danger, if we need to call to action, if we need to just sit and relax. And so we do all this stuff constantly. But 
when you are living with um, an internal fear or you're living with um, maybe adverse childhood experiences or, or whatever that happens to be, um, and you're trying to process that information, um, you can get really caught up in things like anxiety and things like depression and things like, and really, you know, it's, it's that whole way of being that I had found myself in personally. And I was using some of the most unhelpful coping strategies, although that is the key word, coping strategies. So they might not be conventional to other people, but to me, they were what helped me cope. And because of them, I'm still alive today. So one of my friends had said, you know, I think you would really benefit from a float session. And I just thought, you know, flotation, you know, as I say, 25 centimetres of body temperature water in a darkened, at that time it was in like a pod, which was like a coffin-like structure. Um, and I had already had a near-death experience and had decided I wanted to live. And I'm standing looking at this float tank and thinking, why would I want to get in there? There's no sound. There's like the only thing I would have is my own thoughts. Um, it's dark. It's and I was and it really took me a wee while. But once I got over myself and got in that, it enabled that internal critic that was constantly nagging in my mind, telling me how rubbish I was, how my opinions didn't matter, how I should just keep my mouth shut, how um, stupid I was, how I wasn't good enough, how nobody would ever listen to me was suddenly silenced completely. And I just drifted off into this creative kind of abyss where anything was possible. And I seen myself as the person that I would like to become. And I seen myself as someone who was so far removed from the person who had just got into that float tank. And when I got out, I had the most profound, um, standing in the, 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 the shower, looking at the float tank and going, what, what just happened there? It was almost like... It was almost, I felt like a kinder egg, you know, that had been wrapped in the foil and I'd been contained within that egg. And I felt like someone had just popped the egg open and here I was and it was just these bits of something that was still to be created. And, um, and, and, and I suppose since then I've just been picking up the bits and just nicely finding a wee space for them. And I think, it, I think none of us are ever a finished, um, you know, a, a finished project. But um, yeah, that was definitely one of the most profound experiences in my life. Enabled me to just, just to be free from all of the crap that just goes on in life sometimes. I love the way you, you, you compared it to popping a kinder egg. <laughs> I love it. You know why we had millions of those little toys, you know, around around the house. But just to go back to, uh, you were talking about a little bit coping mechanisms, and and that's an interesting one because I think it's at the minute. I think because we're find ourselves in this very weird situation of this pandemic, and we're all locked in our homes, and we're I think we're all sort of running or testing all these coping mechanisms. I know I have coping mechanisms. And I was always lucky that alcohol and drugs never appealed to me. So that's something I never was addicted to or, you know, a doubled tried. But food, so for me, it certainly is eating. It's one I have always struggled with. I was always a yo-yo there, up and down. I could go five stone up, five stone down, no problem. And impulse buying. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot of it happening at the minute. There's a lot of people, you know, locked up in their homes, really, really struggling with mental health and reaching for those coping mechanisms. Do you know, how, 
my question to you is that what can we do? What can we do to not fall into those pits of mechanisms, bad habits? Yeah, totally. And I think the I think the thing to to remember is this is a temporary situation. It feels like it's going on for absolutely ever. But see, in the broad spectrum of your life, this is a temporary situation. Now, in order for us to store things in a way that enables us to be activated in a um, distressing way, we need to have four components. So we need to have an event. We need to give that event meaning based on how we're processing our reality. Our landscape, so the landscape of the brain can be one of two things. It can be vulnerable or resilient. And resilient is where we kind of, we have that mindset. We go, do you know what? This is a temporary situation. I am safe at home. I get to spend time doing the things I've always wanted to have time to do. I'm going to come out the other side of this and it's going to be okay. Or we have a vulnerable landscape where it's, I am stuck at home. I am never going to get out of this. I'm here all by myself. I am there. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I am lonely. I am. So there's all these different things. If you add inescapability, there is the perfect recipe for you to encode something in a distressing manner. Now, I think all of us at some point will have had some element of inescapability. So whether that's through, um, you know, an event that's happened in childhood, getting locked in a cupboard, getting your head stuck in between railings when you're out, um, witnessing some kind of violence within the home, um, or at work, you know, in a job where there's a bully in the workplace and every single day you need to go in because you need to pay your mortgage and um, or if you have children, you need to put food in your children's mouths. And But you every single day you get up and think, oh my goodness, I need to go back in here. It could be through something more distressing than that. It could be through something like maybe um, a rape or a car crash or, or something like that. But we have all experiences where there has been an element of inescapability. So what is happening now is enabling us to almost like kickstart that whole feeling back over again because what's happening now is inescapable. None of us can escape it. None of us can just kind of go, do you know what? I'm just, no, I'm not believing this coronavirus thing and I'm just going to go out and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to go about my normal day. Um, we don't have the ability to do that. So I think really for me, the best advice I would give is keep in the moment, just remember this is a temporary situation be kind to yourself. If you feel, I've done some videos lately um, across the platforms that we use. So Hydroease, we use um, YouTube, we use Facebook, we use Twitter, Instagram. And I've done some videos on the havening technique, which I find hugely beneficial, which I'm using every single day. Um, I'm trying my hardest not to constantly reach to the fridge Um and and really just keeping present. I'm doing quite a lot of you know reflection on various different things. I'm doing a lot of planning. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you know above all of that, you know, using havening and just being kind to yourself and and just remembering that we're going to look back on this. You know, this is going to. Um, it's like anything. This too shall pass. And I think we just need to keep our, keep that in our memory. Keep that in our mind. 
Absolutely. Like uh, from my personal experience, you know, I am an extrovert. So this is absolutely uh, probably the best or the worst worst case scenario for an extrovert to be locked up, you know, and not being able to to see people and meet my friends and everybody. So uh, the first couple of weeks, I really, really struggled. But I think I had to sort of create myself a new routine, certainly getting a routine of getting up at seven o'clock or 7.30 every morning. And what I did, I have cleared all junk out of the house. I have um, no, I have a little bit of alcohol, but I'm not a big drinker anyway, but I have cleared all junk food. I have no junk food and I refuse to buy any takeaways. So I'm sort of making myself to cook healthy meals. So that's, that's all I can do. And I have a little note on the fridge for the three days. I think it was one of them was the first one is to delay, to, to sort of think about it, you know, and then um, to sort of try and, if I go to the fridge, I have a little note on it just to sort of remind myself that just think about this, that you're really hungry or, mm. uh, or you really, you know, or, or you just, you're just bored. And maybe I should actually, maybe I should put my bikini on the fridge door to yeah. remind myself that mm. I want to fit, when I want to fit that bikini whenever it comes, comes July. I, so, I, remember, I remember my sister. My sister is a long, a lifelong dieter. She has tried every single diet you could imagine, and she. But she's also a chocoholic, so these things don't work well in unison together. And she has a thing on her fridge that always makes me laugh that says, "Little pickers wear big knickers." And every time I that, I love that because she opens the fridge and has a wee nibble at this and has a wee nibble at that, and then goes away and does something else, and then she'll come back and she'll open the fridge and she'll have a wee nibble and have a wee nibble. But yeah, definitely. And the thing about routine, do you know, is just it's so true in what you're saying. But do you know what? See, at the end of the day, it's about finding what's right for you. It's about finding the things like I I float once a week and I still float because, um, do you know, I, well, I have access to the float centre. So I still float once a week. I try, I get out for a walk every single day. I'm drinking between one and a half and two litres of water every day, sleeping for eight hours every night. I'm self-havening every day. They're the things that work for me. They might not necessarily work for somebody else, but mm-hmm. that. So it's about finding, as you're saying, you know, you you like to, to start where you struggled, but now you're kind of going right. Get the big girl pants on. What do I need to do here? And and that's resilience, Adriana. That's the the ability to because I don't believe resilience is like is about you know being like a reed in the wind that blows one way and bounces back and blows what I believe it's about being pretty rock solid in that middle point allowing yourself to kind of go over a wee bit and then going no hang on a minute and just catching yourself and reminding yourself of the things that enable you to feel strong on the inside but I do do you know what as as much as I'm you know I'm saying you know I introduced all these new things but in the same time I'm constantly being mindful of all these you know, families out there who are home with their children and they have no way of escaping. <laughs> I'm just super, I'm just so lucky that I have no children. So absolutely, this is a message to all the women and men out there who are, you guys are rock solid. I salute you who have kids and you're trying to hold down the schedule. Because I would probably, I would lose it. I, I, was on a, I was on a live webinar yesterday with um with a, a business in the community in Northern Ireland and one of the big businesses that the, the, the they deal with and um the, the 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 webinar was on for just just under an hour I had a section where I was speaking for about six or seven minutes and then I was chatting in a panel 
And on that six, seven minutes that I was that I was chatting, the dog came in the room and then my son came in to ask me for something, even knowing, even though he knew he was supposed to be downstairs doing homework, he knew that I was doing a webinar. Just before we started this podcast, again, Sonny turned up at the door. I've been upstairs in this wee room for the last sort of hour and a half, and he chooses just at that moment. So it is, it's really difficult to try and juggle. But do you know what? At the end of the day, I think there is a real credit to just allowing that things like that to be. Do you know, if that happens, if you're in the middle of doing something live and people can clearly see that you're working from home and the, the, someone walks in in the background or there's a noise or whatever that is, it's just, I think it just all feeds into the fact that we're human. And regardless of what we have going on in the background or what we do have or don't have, it's all about that experience of just being human. That's fabulous. Mm. That is, yeah, absolutely. You're right. Um, so what I'm going to, I'm going to move on now to talk about this meeting you had and obviously this project we have been working on. So myself and Vivian are um, two, one, two of seven directors of Join Her Network. Some of you might have heard about this brand new network that we launched recently. If not, check us out. We're all over on the platforms. We're Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, anywhere you can find us. We're a bunch of fabulous ladies. And we have something fun coming up. And if you could, Vivian, you could maybe let us on what is happening. Sure. Well, I mean, as you know, Adriana, you join her has been an absolutely amazing network and uh, amazing that seven women from all different backgrounds that just kind of, that the universe just kind of threw together and within no time we all realised that there's a great power in valuing the variety of the people who were involved in the network, but also in the encouragement that we could give to each other and allowing each other to really explore and delve into the things that we have always maybe wanted to do, but just never had the ability to achieve. So um, one of the things that I have been involved with since 2017 is a thing called Emerging Proud. And Emerging Proud was, in response, there was a girl, Katie Montram, who had had a spiritual awakening. And um, and again, you know, it was looked at as mental health. She was having all these different things going on. And she found her own way to deal with and cope going through that. And in 2017, she set up Emerging Proud. And it was to look at changing the paradigm of mental health and to look at the, the, the benefit to be had in really exploring the dark night of the soul and finding out who you are as an individual. So in 2017, we, um, I had got in touch with Katie through a friend that I had um, from Norfolk, and I got chatting with Katie, and I was involved in her event in 2017. What we done there was we showed a film called Crazy Wise in Hydroes, and I invited a few people in my circle, um, Jerry Skeleton, who's involved in... Um, involved in Belfast Metropolitan College, involved in social work, involved in homelessness, has an MBA, a fantastic man. Had another gentleman, Colin Durling, who is the head of the Chinese Association, the Northern Ireland Chinese Associ- Northern Ireland Association for Chinese Medicine. I had a friend who's a social worker. I had a couple of other friends who were youth workers and various different things. And we got together and just chatted about what mental health meant to us and how we could change the way other people look at that. 
And then on the back of that, we've had events over the year. I've been involved in various different things. But this year, she has paired up with the Caravan of Unity. And the Caravan of Unity is part of Co-Create Europe. And it's looking at how we can globally change the vibration of individuals within the world um, and look at us all as, as, as global citizens and look at the real rich tapestry and value in that. And um, on the 12th of May this year, she is having her usual um, Emerging Proud event and then it's running right through until September this year where on International Peace Day, uh, World Peace Day on the 25th of September, we're having the Caravan of Unity. So I had chatted to use lovely ladies and um, join her and I was saying this would be something that would be really great for us to be involved in. Uh, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a global movement. I think it's something that we could uh, contribute a lot to, but also gain a lot from. So I chatted with you girls, as you know, and I'm just off the phone there just now. And the, intern, the, 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 two th- the 2020 um, Emerging Pride Day will be kicking off with Join Her's live event. So we are running a live event at 3.30 on the 12th of May, and it's a live havening session. Um, so people can dial in. It's on Eventbrite just now. So we're doing that at 3.30. There is a girl, Elizabeth, from Texas, who will be doing a meditation. Um, and she'll be looking at inner peace, how to create inner peace um, and how to carry that with you in your outer world, again, in response to what's happening recently. Um, Jordana, who's based in Spain, will be doing mindfulness through movement. So she'll be doing yoga style stuff. And again, it's all about how you can really stay in your body and listen to the messages from your body. Um, Denise from Norfolk will be storytelling. And this was really interesting because she's talking about a mystic 14th century character called Julian of Norwich. And Julian of Norwich decided to go into self-isolation. And she um, became what's known as an anchory. And um, an anchory means that you lock yourself in a cell at the side of a church. And what happened was in the 14th century, she'd done this and the bishop sealed the door and weekly people would appear, people would turn up to chat to her through the, um, through the door and, um, you know, all the, like, they would come along and just show support and things like that for her. And she, uh, so Denise in Norfolk is going to retell this story and she's doing it over six weeks. And so she's been reading the books and stuff and she's going to be storytelling this 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 lady's um, experience. There is um, a Curtan Summer Solstice event that's starting in California. There is an online festival of peace. We have been given the opportunity to take part in a documentary, which is Co-Create Europe, A Caravan of Unity. And it's around creating visuals around our own awakening, our own calls to action, um, analysing our own thoughts and feelings in a visual way. So whether that's through um, poetry, whether it's through a painting, whether it's through a video, and it's looking at our personal call to action to ourself in this current crisis. So looking at our event, looking at our emotions and our behaviours and and things like that. So there's lots and lots of things going on. <laughs> That's amazing. So if I'm hearing right, the Emerging Pride this initiative this is like global. This is all over the world. Yes, there's people. There's um, I think there is fifteen or twenty two countries involved. Um, mm-hmm. Hang on a minute, let me see. Where, where was it first yeah, kicked well, off? Did I read it right? Was it in, in America that it first kicked off? No, no, no. It kicked off. Um, Katie kicked it off in England. The Caravan of Unity ah. 
caravan okay. is, is, is in America. So there is, um, there's lots of different things. I mean, um, there's there, there was lots of ways for us to get involved, but they were looking for people to sort of bridge that gap between the Emerging Proud Day on the 12th of May and the Caravan of Unity on, um, on UN World Peace Day in September. And they were looking for either people to have one event on either of the days or both the days. And then I got chatting with Katie and said, you know, as join her, we would love to be involved and do something maybe once a month. So we had kind of looked at doing, um, you know, writing poems and sharing poems as part of Emerging Proud. Um, so first of all, starting off with a Zoom havening call and then maybe the next month doing, you know, poems around our own feelings of, um, you know, mental resilience or around emotional intelligence or around our own um, struggles and impacts of mental health, our own, our own thought kind of processes. We then, um, one of the girls from Join Her, Barbara, was talking about, you know, so we're going to be showing a film that shows Belfast women and what it means for them to be a woman and how they feel in today's society. And then, you know, one of the months we're going to look at our own personal perspective of being involved in Emerging Proud. And all of this has been documented on the Emerging Proud website, the Emerging Proud um, social media, and we'll be tagged and all of that stuff. It will also be on the Caravan of Unity's website, where a lot of our stuff will be featured there as well. People from all around the world, all their stuff will be featured. And it's to create that collective um, consciousness, that awareness, that unity, that regardless of where you are in the world, that we're all highlighting and we're all sharing in a way that's authentic, that's true, that's honest, that's that's enabling us to tap into our authentic self. Um, so as you know, if globally, if we can do that, then you know that that's that's the things that change the world. You know, it's yeah. I did a bit of research and I had a look, and I really loved. They have a section, you know, on their website which is called Kinda Pride, mm-hmm. which and I thought was very inspirational to have a look. Those are short personal stories that are aimed at providing hope and encouraging us to rethink mental distress as a potential catalyst for positive change and their share you know their share stories on the site and I I thought that was just amazing you know seeing all these you know different stories of people going through real times of adversity and change in their life around if that's not humbling you know what and you know what else is it's it's amazing and it, and it's so lovely that you know I think you know one of the taglines I have for when I got them to my talks is you know my my um my uh, battle scars are now my badges of honor and one of the other things I always say is that everybody has skeletons in their closet um, and the sooner we can understand the benefit and step into that vulnerability of taking our our skeletons out having a good look at them polishing them up and using them as prototype of who we have now become. Um, because And I think reading stories like that online, it just gives people that hope and that inspiration to be like, do you know what? Things are not all lost here. I can turn this around. If that person can do that, I can do this. And that's the whole thing. If we can inspire people to change, if we can inspire people to just to connect to the... Just, you know, Dr. Seuss has it perfectly in his poem when he says, be who you are. For those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. Um, well, thank you very much. That was just that's, that's a fabulous note to 
to you know finish on and and I'm really really happy you came on and <clears throat> this was literally last minute this was not mm-hmm. planned and <clears throat> I didn't do any prep but uh, I'm really really glad that me and you sort of ended up you know being part of join her and and I get to work with you and I get to learn from you and and I believe we all you know in join her network and free emerging pride and yourself we are our champions you know mm-hmm. and we always champion values of authenticity you know vulnerability and and we always try and you know help others to to find their mojo again and maybe even become rebels so thank you very much for coming on Vivian you were you were amazing Perfect. And I'd just like to finish again on Dr. Seuss has written so many things for my life. I live by a lot of the things he says. And he also says, you are youer than you. This is true. (laughs) There is no one alive more youer than you. And I just love that. (laughs) I love that. Love you, Vivian McKinnon. You're amazing. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. And everyone on the everyone on the line who's still listening, thank you very much for joining in for this week's episode with Vivian. And she is just amazing. And hopefully we inspired you to stay strong, stay safe, and hopefully this will this will pass soon. Take care. Bye-bye.